I went to high school uh, on 46th Street. I went to high school performing arts. And there was another kid who uh, was a guitar player. And, uh, and you get accepted into that school as a, you know, I played classical guitar. And so this other kid said, uh, you should hang out with me. There's this place called the Mercer Art Center. And, uh, and we, we, we stayed after school. I don't remember exactly what we did, but I went to see, it was uh, one version of the Heartbreakers. And literally, I, the next day, I told my parents, I'm dropping out of high school. My, my education is out there. It's not in what I'm learning in school because I didn't, I didn't want to be a music teacher. And I wasn't really a proper classical musician or any of this kind of stuff. So, uh, so I got my high school equivalency and uh, joined a cover band and played uh, the same uh, you know, cover, cover scene uh, in Long Island with uh, Twisted Sister and Back then there was a band, a cover band called Rat Race Choir, and they had an incredible guitar player named Mark Hitt. And I've talked to Zach Wilde about it. I said, hey, do you ever see Mark Hitt? And we're all like, this guy was like paved the way for so many guitar players. Um, and then little by little, you know, I realized, well, I need to, you know, get in a band that plays original music. And I joined a band called Fine Malibus, and we lived on, uh, in the music building on 30th Street. And, uh, and this is a little known fact, I didn't really have a, a last name yet, and uh, um, so one day Sylvain Sylvain came in, and uh, and my bass player Ed goes, ah, we're trying to come up with a name for this fucker, you know, and Sylvain says, well, do what I did, just use your first name twice, so he was uh, responsible for <laughs> naming me. Um, so and and in that band we weren't really, you know, we had elements of like punk rock in it, but we weren't a punk band. So the club that we played was uh, was Great Gildersleeves, which was like two doors down from uh, CBGB's on Bowery. So that was, uh, you, know, and, uh, you know, at that time I hung out at Max's, you know, did all the stuff that, you know, struggling musicians do, hang out and just try and get noticed and, you know, play in bands and all that kind of stuff. And eventually uh, we got picked up uh, by uh, a coin management, Bill Coin. Uh, saw the band, and um, at the end, it became apparent that, that uh, I needed to move on from that band. So, um, so I got a call from Bill one day, and he said, "Hey, I'm I'm bringing over this uh, this singer from England, Billy Idol. Would you be interested in meeting with him?" And um, I met Billy, and the uh, rest is you know rock and roll partnership history. I have a brother who's five years older, so I kind of inherited his record collection. And um, but I think the first proper record that I bought was the Beatles' "Yellow Submarine" because it was all colorful. And as a little kid, you know, I was like, "Oh, I want that." Um, I started playing when I was really young. I mean, I got a guitar in my hands when I was seven and a half years old. So um, you know, I just like kind of liked whatever my brother liked, you know. And um, and so yeah, I got the Beatles' "Yellow Submarine," and then eventually, what really, really, like, had the biggest impact on me on uh, on the FM station WNEW. Uh, I used to listen to Alison Steele, but every Friday Scott Muni would have a show called "Things from England," and he would play all the English imports. And for some reason, as a kid, the English prog scene at that time, like Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. And, uh, and Genesis, particularly, and King Crimson. Um, I think those guitar players really spoke to me because they played so many different styles of music. Um, and all these things that, all these elements that I was into, like a little bit of classical and jazz and all that, they weren't just playing blues stuff, 
So I became, you know, a real prog, prog head as a, as a young kid. And the uh, first concert I ever went to was Emerson, Lake and Palmer at Madison Square Garden on Brain Salad Surgery Tour. Yeah, so, and it was in quad and, but the craziest thing happened, um, I went with my, my best friend Pedro to the show and um, about three quarters of the way through the show, someone threw a bottle. This was back before the days when you couldn't have bottles. Someone threw a bottle from top tier and it hit me, like right here. And, uh, and I had to get taken away in an ambulance and I was on this, they came out and got me in a stretcher. And all I wanted, I kept saying, I just want to meet the band. I just want to meet the band. I never did, but, um, but that was the first concert I ever saw. Yeah, Emerson Lincoln Palmer. Most of the 70s, I mean, was me playing in a cover band. Um, and it was the, you played three sets a night uh, and we actually worked, you know, four nights a week. We were like a self-sufficient, uh, you know, little, little, little business. You know, we had our own truck, we had our own rehearsal place, and it was the best fucking training ground because I got to play, you know, all my favorite, you know, guitar hero stuff. We do Zeppelin and, and, um, and even Yes and, and all this kind of, you know, whatever we could think of. Um, so that was like the early part of the 70s. Eventually, as I said, I moved into Manhattan uh, with a band, and these were all uh, four guys from Clarksville, Tennessee. And, um, and we eventually recorded, we went down uh, to, uh, to the Bahamas, we recorded at Compass Point Studios, and the producer on that record was uh, Jimmy Miller, who was the producer of the Rolling Stones. And you're talking about guys, we didn't even have a, we didn't have a pot to piss in. And, um, and they put us up in the Rolling Stones house down there and we thought we had it made and it was like, hey, we're on our way. And we completely blew it. Uh, and we came back to New York and, you know, uh, we, we were signed to, uh, to Island Records. Chris Blackwell was the one who arranged for us to record and then they, they weren't going to release the record. So I had this really expensive demo, basically. And that's how I ended up... Uh, uh, with coin management, we went up and, uh, and, uh, and we said, "Look, this is what we sound like, but uh, you know, we, we need to make a proper record at that point." So. It, it's strange because in New York, we didn't really have hair bands. We had glam bands, and uh, and you know, you had bands, you know, that were, uh, you know, we didn't really, uh, you know, I didn't really know, I didn't really know, you know, about like hair metal or any of that stuff until. When I went out to do the first Billy Idol record, and this is 1981, and I remember I went to the Rainbow and, uh, and I met Tommy Lee for the first time. And he's like, yo, dude, hey, I'm in this band, we're recording this record, drums are huge. And then I realized it was a whole other scene in LA of this like hair metal stuff. Because I never really considered, uh, I certainly didn't consider Van Halen a hair metal band because Eddie was so damn good, you know. They were just like, they were just the band that had the best guitar player. Um, but then little, you know, as time went on, you had bands, you know, that I became aware of, you know, like Rat. And, and then uh, I was all, you know, we, you know, I think we were already on tour and I think we'd already done, um, uh, certainly had done Billy's first record. Maybe Rebel Yell was out before I even saw, you know, Poison or something on, on MTV. So, I, you know, in New York, honestly, I can say that it really wasn't a hair metal, you know, scene in, in New York. Um, and, and, you know, certainly working with Billy, Billy Idol, he was always stressing the more punk rock side of things. Although, you know, he was into things like Susie and the Banshees and Public Image. So I think that's where I kind of developed this weird guitar thing 
where I was taking all my Guitar Hero stuff of Hendrix, Page, Beck, Clapton, and still keeping that stuff in my guitar playing as well as listening to the stuff that Billy was into. Uh, and then also Billy was into you know all the classic stuff like The Doors and, and, and Sweet and Mott the Hoople and all this other stuff. So, it's like, you know, Billy Idol records are a real gumbo of, of, of just weird styles, you know, all these different styles put together. I had a subscription to this. This is Rock Scene Magazine, and we have here the July 1977 issue. And I actually, this is when I had the subscription, I got this issue. And on the cover you've got Patti Smith Television, there's Tom Verlaine, uh, Springsteen. People don't realize that Springsteen played Max's Kansas City, and he was part of that whole scene. I think he got his record deal out of there. You got Iggy Pop, who's still the most badass motherfucker out there. Um, but check it out, who do we got here? We got Billy Idol. And this is documenting Billy's first trip uh, to New York City. And, uh, and lo and behold, who would have known that when I saw this, and I had a subscription, uh, years later, not too many years later, I'd be working with this guy and, and uh, playing and, and recording. And So if this is 77, yeah, I didn't meet Billy till 81. So, um, but yeah, I remember thinking, who's that good-looking boy? <laughs> and um, and here we got is Billy in Generation X is Tony James, and I believe this might have been, yeah, this might have been when uh, Lisa Robinson, uh, who, who uh, was a rock journalist and, and and was involved in this magazine, I think she went to England, and she documented all these English cool rock bands, punk rock bands, and. Um, and then she came back to New York and, and, and put them in Rock Scene magazine. And how cool is that? So this is a Rock Scene read. We're going to read to you Billy Idol on the town. So when Billy Idol of Generation X made a preliminary visit to the United States, I don't think they knew he was planning on leaving the band, but I know. <laughs> uh, so he made a preliminary visit to the United States to pave the way uh, of a group's formal, uh, formal debut later this year. Roxine was on hand to greet him on, in behalf of his future fans everywhere. And so, um, let's see here, who's he hanging with? The Blessed, members of The Blessed. There we go. Awesome, this is great. And here's Sylvain Sylvain, hanging with Billy, who eventually gave me my name, my stage name. And um, that's Billy looking like a, he looked like a baby there, wow, it's great. Awesome.